Come with me, come baby, and you'll be in a world of pure depressive aggravation. Take a look, come on everybody, take a look, and you'll see into your insomniatic imagination. Hey kids, I'm your host, Sartini, and welcome to another episode of Depressive Ravings of an Insomniac. Ooh, new title sequence. That's right, kids. We're mixing things up with the intro. We're getting a little bit loose. Getting a little loosey-goosey today. Mm, mm, damn, look at that. I may, I said a sentence and it sounded really cringy to say, but here we the fuck are. I'm uh, going to start out today with some announcements. Uh, I remade my cover art for the podcast yet again. Um, don't know what the cover art officially is going to be by the time you're watching this video. Thought it was going to be one way, but I decided to spend another 10 hours designing a cover today. And what I realized during those 10 hours was <laughs> I am not good at designing things. And I need to hire a graphic designer because I am creatively inept. But currently, I'm trying to build a design centered around the tarot card of the hangman, as I spoke of last time. And I kind of tried to design the cover itself into a card. At first, I was just going to crop out the design of a hangman or a man hanging uh, by a rope utilizing his foot. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to make it a little bit more playful, wanted to add some more borders and edges to the piece. And I think it's much more centered and focused than it was before. And of course, the text is a lot more popping. So all that's left to do right now is figure out what like the opening theme song is going to be. Um, I like the song Pure Imagination, and I like me kind of like singing along, but I feel like I need to be professional on the other hand, because it's like, you know, every podcast is going to have some like super special secret like soundtrack they play and then like initiates you into the show and then like exits you from the show. And it's like so iconic when you hear it because you just like get in the fucking zone, you know, and I fucking hate that, dude. Like I'm a fairly minimalist guy. Like I try when I'm creating something to just have it like to be as bare bones as it can be. Because I find that simplicity is the highest form of beauty. You know, I love Steve Jobs. I love where his mind was at trying to take away all the complexities from a creative piece and just leave you with the bare essentials. And you can, there's a way you can play with the bare essentials to not just like, you know, like, ah, this is all I have uh, here. No, no, no. You can actually play with it a little bit more and make that into something beautiful. And then that's really the, the kind of essence that I strive toward in, in the sort of beauty aspect of my art. And I, I find it stupid most of the time when people do like sort of like these podcast intros, you know, like they'll start out like real calm and soothing, like, you know, like, and then they get like progressively like, you know, a little bit more. It's the Sartini show. Sartini show. And I hate that so much because, like, dude, if I'm watching your podcast, just hit me with the fucking information. Like, don't give me a fucking intro. Don't tell me how your fucking day was. And, like, you know, don't beat around the fucking bush. Like, if we're going to have sex, just fuck me already. Like, I'm not going to wait. Like, I don't care if you're going to give me a blowjob. Like, we got to get this shit over with. Life is short. I'm dying. I have illnesses, also known as depression and insomnia. I don't have time to fuck around. So let's get this shit over with, okay? If I'm listening to a podcast, give me the fucking meat and potatoes of the podcast right the fuck now or I am fucking out, okay? I am a high-maintenance kind of guy who's also very minimalistic. And as you can tell, that makes no sense because that's a complete contradiction. And clearly, I'm using hyperbole here. But, like, give me your shit up front, dude. Don't hold back from me. Don't make me have to fast forward through your shit content to find a nugget of gold 20 minutes in. I don't have time for that. Stop wasting your viewers' time, you bitch. Um, but likewise, again, I feel like I need 
to just have an intro because everyone else is doing it. And I feel like once I go to apply for companies to like, you know, sort of get jobs from other people as like a podcast host, like I feel like if I don't have music in with my shows, they're not going to look at it in a professional light because typically the journalists who sort of run podcasts or at least the broadcast people, one could say for a broader sense, right? Like the broadcast dudes who run these things are very like they're privy to really cool edits and they're privy to like sound, like specific sounds and cuts. Like I went to school for it. I know the kind of game that they're playing and I just have never wanted to play in that same arena. Like, if I have to hear a fucking happy ass, like, just soundtrack before I say words, I will fucking explode with rage. Like, oh my god, I hate intros for things. Jesus. Shut up. Do what you're here to do and get out. Don't pussyfoot around it. Give me the fucking meat and potatoes so I can gorge on a good fucking meal, okay? I don't like to admit it, but I am Irish. I've got an addiction to potatoes. If I can get some meat in, fantastic. You know, like, come on. Come on, really? Be professional about this and don't be professional, okay? That's today's phrase, kids. Uh, I'm never going to use Twitter, but for those of you who are on Twitter and feel like tweeting about this show, be professional and don't be professional, okay? Okay, that's today's little little blurb. Trying to get us some catchphrases in here, you know, trying to get like, you know, to build the cult up, you know. You guys are now my kids on one hand, my potatoes on the other. I got to make some sort of joke and play around with that, you know, my little potato kids. The potato children, we shall band together with your sweet potato king and go out and claim dominion over all earth. For the potato children shall rise. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next. But sometime in the future, burp, mm, sometime in the near future, we shall rise above and conquer all. <laughs> yes, my insomniatic potato children, it is true. We will conquer Earth one day. Now, another thing I want to talk about, you know, the guy who hates intros, uh, is the theme song itself, right? Like, if I'm getting a theme song, I kind of like the pure imagination one, like, I'd be I'd be totally chill using the song Pure Imagination and like doing my own cover of it like I've kind of been doing and I would do like a hip hop version. There's a really cool hip hop lo-fi sound, uh, a little bit of a remix of the song Pure Imagination with just the beat and I would like kind of sing over that. I think it would sound really neat, but at like the same time copyright bothers me. You know, because obviously, you know, being a broadcast journalism major, I've learned everything there is to know about copyright. <laughs> uh, and so I kind of want to use a song that I know is fantastic on one hand, and that comes from a friend. That way I know I won't get sued. And I want to go through this one particular artist who I'm not going to name. And him and I are like super chill, super tight. Um, there, he, he's got a really peaceful sort of like hip-hop Asian instrumental like rain falling it's a somber night I'm kind of depressed I'm alone it's dark out you know like one of those somber feeling kind of songs and I think if I use that like I would be okay because like that's how I feel every day and that's I think the kind of individuals who would look for a show like this would, would watch you know they're, they're like a little you know there's a lot of darkness in their soul and I, I want a song that can speak to that darkness you know um maybe I'll already have that song up I don't really know but like I'm kind of hmm nah I'm gonna let that go I'm gonna let that go basically like you know I gotta let it go I I can't share this thought you know it's hard being a, in my position because you know I try to be extremely open with everything going on in my life. But at the same time, there are some very private things I like to keep very close to the chest. Um, for example, with my dating life, I'm typically like lock and key. Like you will never know who I'm dating at what time. Um, I don't want the girls I'm with to have any pressure to, you know, whether it be something simple like, okay, like she knows about me and what I do and what content I make and like my fans, 
you know, like when I was in college, for example, a lot of people would always like, you know, if I would go out to a nightclub, like I get a bunch of people to come over with me and take selfies and like, you know, like exchange Snapchats. And like it, it was cool getting bombarded with those fans myself. I love it. And I love not only just taking the selfie with them, but having like real conversations with them, getting to know them, maybe like getting coffee or tea with them later. Like I love to do that stuff. And I imagine even if I get like Mondo famous, like super up there. Um, as a podcast host, as a creator, even if I have millions of fans, I would like to still try to find the time to like take my like my crew out to lunch or something like that, you know. But like, I don't want my like girlfriends to be pressured that they have to perform like when I'm out doing stuff. Because like, if you approach me on the street, like I'm super fucking hype for you to be there with me, right? Like that shit makes my fucking world because it's like, yo, I'm a loser, but someone else thinks I'm a <laughs> I'm a winner. Um, Nah, that's it's not like that. It's like, dude, thanks so much for taking the fucking time to recognize who I am as a human and think I'm relevant enough to be paid attention to. That's amazing. Let me help you out in your life in whatever way you need. Let's see if we can move up together. It's the togetherness aspect. It's the togetherness aspect which I look forward to. But like, if you're a chick, like I don't need you. Like, I don't want you to have to think that when I'm engaging with the fan that I'm performing, I'm not. I'm being genuine as I can. I'm just trying to be me and give me to them. But you might feel pressured to perform because people get nervous sometimes if they don't have the proper training and social environments. And, like, I don't want you to have to do that. And, like, if I'm dating you, I want it to be secret so people, you know, they don't find out and be like, oh, my God, are you with this guy? That's so crazy. Your life is wild. That guy's insane. Like, I don't want you to have to go through that sort of process, you know. Like, I want to have a chill time with you. So I'm not going to release your name to the public unless we have a very specific form of relationship in which you and I are still like really good friends, then I'll say your name if everything's chill between us. Um, or we dated for a while and the public already knows that we were a thing. Um, I'll probably drop a name for a girl if she's like on social media trying to develop <clears throat> trying to develop a career as a model or something. Like I'm chill with that. But otherwise I keep things very lock and key, right? Um, like it's very difficult to know like where I'm traveling for a given week or who I'm with, who I'm chilling near. Like it, it's hard to keep up with me, right? And, like, I struggle sometimes with that because, like, fuck, you know, like, I, I feel like when I tell stories, like, I try to omit certain names because I don't want people to know who they are, like, who, who the people I'm talking about are, even though it's really personal to me and I want to share it. But because I can't use their real names, I feel like the story's not as genuine and my delivery with it is a little less filled with heart than it could be. And, you know, it kind of makes me like it makes me feel shitty because like, fuck, I want to tell the truth, but I don't want this person who I have had an interaction with who I've either loved or, you know, I just I, I feel a certain way about like I don't want them to be negatively affected by my words or my fans potentially. So I try to keep things lock and key, but there's a weird sort of that's a weird world I have yet to understand how to plan. Um, and I, I hope I can learn to navigate that better as the channel grows so that way once again that I, when I do make it up to like a large following then like the people I have aren't as negatively affected by my presence right like you know if I'm if you're any portion of you if any portion of you is in my life it's typically because we've got some sort of a connection and whether that connection's at 100% or you know even as far down as, as 20 like there's a part of me that has a love for you, right? Like I have extreme value. I understand the extreme value you have as a person. And I, I want to make sure that is at least neutral between us. I don't want anything negative to happen to anyone. I'm sort of like a pacifist like that. Um, even the people that like piss me off. Like I know like there was this one dude when I was just starting to make it big on Snapchat, like semi- fucked with my career a little bit um and like i have a vendetta out against that guy like i'm gonna fucking like once i i do the shit i need to be doing like i'm gonna find his connections one day i'm gonna slowly tear them away from him and make his life a living hell by just fucking with his social connections and his social status like if i'm gonna go after a person i don't give a fuck about harming you 
I only care about taking finding everyone that you love and slowly getting them to hate you by either using comedy, pointing out your flaws, whatever. Like I'm not even going to manipulate them. Like I'm just going to straight up do everything in my power just to shed light on your shittiness so that your network slowly releases themselves from your life and you end up alone. Like, that's my way of taking somebody down. But even so, like, I'm not going to announce your names, right? Like, I'm not going to announce the people I fucking, like, that enrage me. Like, I don't even want shit, negative shit to happen to you in any relation other than it comes other than it coming from me. Like, I don't want, like, my fans to, like, go after people, right? Like, I, I don't care about that. Like, if I'm at war, I'm at war. My, like, students, my fucking, like, viewers, like, they don't go to war for me. I'm out there alone. This is my responsibility. Don't worry about it, guys. I'm going to take care of it, you know? Um, I'm pretty sort of, like, independent and fiery like that. Like, even if I was, like, back in college, like, and I was like at war with some of my professors. We'll call it, you know, at, at war is pretty much what I call it when I'm angered at someone. Like, I remember this one time we had this um, philosophy f- professor at Penn State, and he was kind of like an adjunct. So he like was teaching there, but not really. He was just filling in for one of the other philosophy professors because she got sick that semester. And we had a pretty big class. Um, I think we had. Mm, Let's say there was 150 people that took this class this semester in total, right? And my class had 50, and there were two other classes. And each class meant like two or three times a week. And we would go in to this philosophy professor, and this guy was a fucking cunt. Like, oh my lord. I think his name was fucking Brian. Um, Even if it's not Brian, which I don't think it was... I'm going to say the name Brian because I find the name Brian just to be like, I want to kick you in your fucking teeth, dude. Like, you sound like a fucking shitty person already. I don't like it. I don't like the name. I'm sorry. I don't find it aesthetically pleasing. No offense if your name is Brian. I just think your name is ugly. So anyway, Brian. Um, So Brian was being an asshole and like he would just lecture and lecture and lecture, super dry, no jokes, and he would just go on for like an hour and a half without stopping, which in my opinion is actually really impressive, but it was such a poor delivery that no one could stomach paying attention. And you know me, I don't give a shit about anything. So I, I'd like always fall asleep in his class. Like it, it, most other people did too, it was bad. And like at the end, he'd be like, all right, cool. Does anybody have any questions? And it's like, no, Brian, we don't have any fucking questions because you're being a fucking asshole. You're presenting your, your, your information in an extremely boorish manner. I know you're aware of that, but you're too much into your own fucking ego, Brian, to realize how shitty you are. Actually, no, you, you already know. You are, you're kind as it of your own shittiness, and yet you continue to do what you're doing. This is why you're an adjunct, Brian. This is why people don't hire you full time. You're a fucking dick. And he'd always get really offended. He's like, oh, really? No one has any questions? And, like, you know, at this point, I would usually wake up from my nap and be like, hey, Brian, um, could you guess why we don't have questions? And he's like, I don't know, probably because you're asleep. And I'm like, am I asleep because of my own faults or because you're a boring piece of shit, Brian? So him and I would always butt heads. And I remember we had, like, like I was taking the initiative out here. Like, at first, I was resisting. I'm like, dudes, I'm going to annoy this guy so he becomes better. Like, this is how I'm doing it. This is my decision. I'll take it. And I remember once we had the first exam, like, we all, like, kind of went for that exam. We're like, I-, I guess we know what we're doing. But then everyone fucking bombed it. I think the average score was 20%. What the fuck? Out of fucking 150 people through three different classes the average score was a 20 that's unheard of from an introductory level 10 philosophy class and for those of you not in college that's the easiest course you can take out of all courses like you are obligated as a professor to hand out a's even if your students don't show up that's how easy it is so we're like, fuck, this is not going well. The second test comes around, and I'm like, guys, all right, I am not happy with the way this dude's teaching the class. Let's all get together and study. So we sat in a room, and it, like, I don't know, he gave us like a couple of questions that we could that, like, that were like going to be in the exam, so we could try to find the answers beforehand. And the first question, I shit you not, I had 20 of us in a room studying together. 
We spent an hour and a half diligently trying to find the answer to this question, and we had no idea where the fuck it was. Take the exam the next day. Average score was, I think, a 30. And one guy, I shit you not, randomly guessed and got an 86. So Brian was all happy. He's like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck is wrong. Like, he actually said, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. This one guy got an 86. You should be more like him. And I go, hey, asshole. That'd be great if you could, I don't know, help us or stop being such a boring prick and arrogant about it. And Brian was just like, oh, maybe you should fucking pay attention and read more. I was like, you're damn right. I would love to pay attention, but I don't fucking like you, Brian. And then someone else was like, hey, uh, you guys fighting is cute and all, but like, what can you really do to get better? And Brian was like, well, maybe you guys should try reading next time. And we're like, okay, well, how long should we be reading for? And it's like, oh, you should be reading for three hours a night. What? For three hours on you, Brian? I don't the fuck think so, buddy. So by the end of the second exam, I'm like, all right, this guy is not moving. I'm not helping the situation. Fuck it. I hit up everybody in the class. I was like, hey, uh, I'm getting this asshole fired. And everyone was like, can you do that? Can he do? Yes, I will do that. Okay. If I'm going to war with you, you'll lose. It's over. Bye-bye. So what I started doing was going to advising with like a fucking riot's worth of people. Like I would take 20 people from my class like a couple times a week to just go to the fucking dean and start bitching about this motherfucker. And it got so fucking bad that I had to go to individual like fucking sessions with the dean on my own to annoy him like other students did too. I really appreciate it, but I was fucking leading that charge, man. Like if you think you're going to get away with fucking failing my friends, I'm going to fucking rip your throat out and your career is going bye-bye. Brian, I don't give a fuck if you just got married and have a fucking kid on the way. You're gone. You don't piss me off, buddy. So eventually we all went to advising and we got the asshole fired. And you know what? We got another philosophy teacher. She was fantastic. We all had a great time. We played a bunch of games. We learned a lot of stuff about life. And you know what? I will never forget that because it demonstrates two things. One, if you're a nice person, you and I are going to get along forever. I'm going to help you do whatever it is you need to do. I'll fucking help run your class for you. Like, I don't give a fuck. If I like you, I like you. Have whatever you want. If you piss me off, there's only one way you can really piss me off, by the way, and that's if you fucking, if you fuck with the people I enjoy, you are gone. You are gone. You, it'll happen so quick, you won't even know. And when I say quick, I mean it'll happen slowly and secretively over a sustained period of time while I slyly make jokes about you in the corner. And then eventually, you'll lose. Um, but yeah, so that's how I acted more so when I was younger. I was very enraged all the time. And I used my anger to rip things to shreds. And that's like the true height of my potential if I gave a fuck about anything anymore. You know, once my depression hit... We're done. I don't give a fuck about shit. Leave me alone. I want to go meditate in a forest. Like, that's more of my mentality now. But when I was younger, dude, I was so fucking pissed all the time. I was just waiting to fucking rip someone's fucking throat out, man. That's what I, that was like the line. Um, Like, I was like, dude, you piss me off, you're done. I would just rip people to shreds like that all the time. But now things are way the fuck different. Like, I'm more like... Hey, let's let's not get anybody involved. This is sort of like between you and me thing. And when I say, hey, let's not get anybody involved, I mean, I'm taking care of you myself. We're going to do this quietly over a long duration of time. It's going to be a sneak attack. All of your friends, they're slowly going to distance themselves from you. You might not know what happened, but that's sort of my strategy, right? I think there's a, a fate that's a lot worse than death, and that's losing every, like, not being able to associate with other humans is the worst form of existence. And I know this to be a fact, and so does everyone else, because solitary confinement is the worst form of imprisonment. You'll go insane if you don't talk to somebody for a day, let alone, I think it's like up to 100 days of solitary confinement and the individual actually like goes into a psychotic break. And that's like, that will happen at 100 days, but it'll definitely happen a lot sooner right so solitary confinement is the worst heinous thing you can do with someone and it, it's my firm belief that if you have uh, like sort of like if, if someone's fucking with you there's no need to like conf 
you know, and it's like really bad. I'm talking like, you know, something happened to me where a dude started like taking away some of my features on like a, a blogging site that was really popular. And I was just starting to like grow my social media following. And then he also got rid of a variety of my connections and sort of gave me a bad name like that, dude, if that's happening to you, like and there's no way you can avoid it through obviously trying to work things out and talk like the other person just doesn't vibe with you that much. Um, and there's nothing else you can do about it. Well, guess we're going to have to riot. And we're not going to do this in the streets. We're not going to burn things down. We're not going to destroy property. We're not going to hurt someone else. If our rhetoric doesn't work, it, it, you know, it's all about words. If your rhetoric's not working and the vibe isn't there and you're doing your best to establish the vibe, but it can't happen. And you got to eliminate the other person before they eliminate you. Hey, start with their social connections, ma'am. Get the social connections to start questioning the individual's actions and behaviors. One thing will lead to another, and then boom, soon their entire social, the individual's entire social circle is going down, and he's going to go down with it. If you hit the other people that matter the most, you just simply make them uncomfortable by the presence of that individual you're targeting who's also targeting you. That's how you break someone down. And I learned that when I was young. That's the worst thing you can do to someone, in my opinion. Would I do that today? I try not to. I try not to. I haven't really gotten mad at someone. The last time I got mad was at one of my ex-girlfriends, which I explained a couple episodes ago. But, like, I'm not going to rip your throat out for that, dude. Like, I'm more mad, you know, if if you're someone I loved at any time, like, you're, you're immune from my, like, negative outbursts of enragement that happen once every 16 years. I'm a pretty calm guy. Even if I do get mad at you and I love you, the rules are simple. If I like you once, I like you always. You're forever in the club Gucci, you know? Like, I'm not going to take aversive action against you at any point, you know? I'm a very kind person these days. But not before, you know? I got a lot of evil in my heart. And I'm fortunate enough to have dated enough women to make me realize my own evil. And they just kind of beat it out of me and, and gave me some temperance, you know? Um, these are sort of things I would think about all the time, man, just freaking wrecking people. Like my motto when I was a kid growing up was lie, cheat, steal, kill, win. Like do anything you can to succeed. That was what I always thought when I was young. I feel like this is getting to be like a really dark episode. Like it's not like a healthy dark, like a very like <sighs> venomous dark. And that's kind of how my life always was, man. Like, you know, growing up, like I learned how to manipulate people damn quick. Um, and just like destroy people with words like either using rhetoric getting people around the individual to hate that specific person like i can tear you your life to shreds with words but again that's not real like if that's what you're doing and you can't stop yourself that's not strength there's something wrong with you you know like if you keep ramming your head against the wall but in this case it's just speaking ill you can't keep doing that. That's that's a problem. You got to work out in your own soul, man. You got to try to distance yourself from those negative things. And, you know, it, it got a little bit more calm once I, I, like, I got into comedy. Like, comedy was the thing for me that just sort of replaced all the anger and angst and hatred in my own heart. Like, once I discovered that I was, I could kind of be entertaining like, I wouldn't say I'm a comedian. I'm not actually skilled at joke telling and that form of story and narrative structure. But I'm pretty okay at being interesting. And that is generally perceived as, as entertaining. Like, oh, that guy's kind of ballsy and he does weird shit. What the fuck? Let me pay attention to that. Like, that's sort of the vibe I've got going on, right? And it was in, let's see, the philosophy guy was in sophomore year. And at the same time I was in that class, I was in this... um they said it was a creative writing class, but it wasn't at all. We basically just read like horror stories from 17th century Germany and fucking Moby Dick. And at the time, I wasn't as mystically inclined as I am now. So I really didn't appreciate the symbology of Moby Dick and just thought it was like the most droll read. Like, oh, a man needs to hunt a whale because he feels shitty about himself and sighed and he can't know what it's like to love because he's ideologically possessed by his own hatred and vendetta, which makes him get logical and he can't get laid and he's sad. Uh, uh, fuck you. Jesus Christ, I hated that book so much. And my professor was just this English dude 
who like was just depressed. He was so sad beyond belief. Like this guy never had any friends growing up. Like you could t- he was just a sad guy. And like he couldn't teach. He didn't have a good time up there giving us a lecture. He was just over it. But like me, like I don't do class. Like I can't sit down in a classroom and have information spoken to me. It's never worked in my life. And typically I just, you know, do what I did in my philosophy class. Like, hey, if I don't like you, I'm just going to fall asleep. If I really don't like you because you're fucking with my friends, you're getting unemployed, buddy. You know, like that was like I had the angsty attitude. But once I got in this English class, I was like, oh, I could probably stay engaged more in my class if I participate using jokes, right? So what I, I don't, I'm not really good at like telling jokes, um, but I like, like thinking about it and planning, but like on the spot, I can be pretty funny. So basically like every time this dude would say something about Moby Dick, like I would just relate it to like him not getting laid. Like he'd be like, all right, kids. So today we're going to focus on the white whale and why it's white and the purity that comes from this like large sort of like big and like throbbing whale figure. I'd be like, yeah, sounds like you're just secretly have been gay in the closet for years and you're just really thinking about that white dick. And everyone would be like, what the fuck? Did he just say that? We're in a classroom. And my professor, because he didn't have enough like social calibration, had no idea how to respond to that. And I would start off with like these dickish comments, but like I would slowly work it into something profound, right? And, like I'd, I'd start off with like the Moby Dick and like, oh, you're thinking about other you know men's cocks kind of thing. And then I'd be like, isn't that interesting how the char- the main character, Ishmael, is this guy going in this crazy journey, but it's comforted by this like supreme, like barbaric figure who also is, is like a nurturing caretaker archetype. And it's like because the kind of like savage companion he had was part like sort of like animal man and and part like loving mother it represents the highest form of man and isn't that something we can all be attracted to like these are the sort of comments i would make when i was just like first starting out to be funny like i was always like i was like a fucking like i forgot how mad i was about life until just recently so i'd start out with that premise and like just tear at this motherfucker. But then I would like sort of transform that into something like really beautiful and profound. And it would help everyone understand the stories that we would read a little bit better. And like I totally wrecked this dude. Like this guy was so – I swear to God I was going to make him cry. <laughs> like I just kept like just berating him with this like profound humor. And like he couldn't do anything because he was so like – depressed that he couldn't run his class properly so like he kind of began to rely on me making these like sly comments so other people would pay attention and also learn better and then I was like okay you know what then my next semester was like all right dude I totally like fuck with this dude too hard I I kind of I did that and so I felt like it was right I'm not gonna say I shouldn't have done that but like I could probably lighten up a little bit more so then like say in my junior year, for example, I sort of took away all the resentfulness and just sort of just started like genuinely trying to make funny jokes, which are also profound. And like that's what I would do in most of my classes. Like I would just sort of mess around with my professors and like some of them are really chill with it. Some of them thought like my jokes are pretty funny. We would laugh sometimes. I would help like get the class engaged. Like I would make sure everyone was learning. Um, I, I'd like have like mock arguments with people. Like if someone in the class didn't like my comment, I would then like start like kind of poking fun at them. Like they'd be like, dude, I don't like the way you're fucking talking. Like so disrespectful. And I was like, hey, well, at least you're awake and not falling asleep. I mean, it's 8 a.m. on a Friday. Why the fuck are we here, right? Like might as well do anything to keep like fucking sane, you know? And then people would be like, oh, you know, that's actually true. Yeah, I hate being here as well. Never mind, carry on. You know, like I would help people rather than tearing them down because that's always where everything starts for me. Like when I was younger, it was like, I'm angry. I hate being alive. Fuck everybody. And then I was like, okay, if I do this thing with comedy, I can be a little bit more productive and like I don't have to be so like argumentative in a negative way, which I'm trying to tear you down, but I could actually like joke with you, play with this concept a little bit, argue back and forth with you, make sure the class was kind of engaged together 
have some infighting in between the class to like have some rhetoric going on, but then also sort of bring it back with some like profound sort of lighthearted tongue in cheek humor. And that was really fun. Like really, if I didn't go to college, I would have never like sort of understood a little bit the art of like collective stories and like having those stories be engaged with large crowds of people. Like for me, going to college was all about me better understanding my speaking ability and then building brands around that until I find the ones that stuck. And like building brands is amazing. I always used to think like, okay, I know I'm going to be an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. My father's father was an entrepreneur. Like I'm the third one in the generation. I got to do it. I've got the passion. I've got the experience. Let's go. So like I thought the way originally was to start businesses. Like that was going to be my claim to fame, but I'm not disciplined enough to do that, to carry out those day-to-day processes. Like I might be able to one day, which is one of the reasons I'm going to Asia, but at this time I can't do that. But what I can always do is something creative. And I can always start a different talk show if I don't like the vibe of my first one. And I can navigate through those talk shows, figure out which ones that I can give the most of my soul into, and then really start focusing on those specific ones that I'm most tied to and I can create an infinite amount of them because I don't have to spend like $2,000 for startup capital, right? Like I don't have to make anything which requires a monetary investment. I'm just talking to a microphone like this and we're good, you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's weird that I like gain things in college. Like I didn't learn anything in my classes, like from textbooks, we'll say, or like what my teachers were telling me to do, but I learned how to just deal with like large crowds and keep them engaged and entertained, and I learned how to sort of fail properly in those crowds, right? Like comedic timing it was a, a very difficult thing for me to understand because, you know, I was mostly alone as a kid. I didn't really, you know, I moved around kind of a lot and where I lived was always super far away from my schools. I didn't really hang out with other kids aside from like my brother and maybe a couple other people. And, you know, as a result, I think I was always lacking in like social ability, social awareness. I couldn't understand really how to relate to people that well. And like, you know, women were always very difficult for me to understand, you know, like even just being normal around them or like, anything really with that translating again like I I talk pretty quick so learning how to sort of slow down and leave space between your words so that people can understand them better they can you can build toward the laughter you know like it's these little things which I really strive to understand like those are my focal points just how do I talk better okay start talking slower leave some pacing between the words learn when to talk learn when to shut the fuck up And just let things be. There's always a specific time to make a specific comment. Some spaces are going to be just big enough for you to make that one comment. And then maybe say a little something else. Some are going to be really tiny where you can only say a few words. You got to understand the spacing. And sort of the, the attention span of the room, if you will. Like how much people are willing to invest in what you're saying at that certain time. How relevant your comments are to the energy that's around you, you know, it's, it's these really small things, which I find hard to describe in words. Those are the important things I picked up in college. And it's like, uh, no college totally overall was like, ew, like God, like I am so that was abysmal. Like I, I hated every waking moment of being in those classes. Like it was the worst fate imaginable. Oh my God. Like I, am such a different person like I don't know I was so sad all throughout my college career like I don't think I struggle to find an idea in my head that I can pursue that I would go okay that'll make me happy like I don't think I'm really capable of too much positive emotion anymore because college just ate my fucking soul And, like, a lot of it was a necessary death. Like, this was the stage in my life where I needed to be separated from my thoughts, my consciousness. Like, I needed to be torn away from who I was and constantly broken down and destroyed. And college definitely did that, and I've accepted my death well. But, I mean, just the the, the fact of dying that terrible of a death to me, I don't, I, you know, obviously it's worth it because we're here, you know. 
And like, it has to be worth it because that was the outcome that the existence intended for me. But I just will never get over how bad an experience that was. Like, sure, like I, I did make it kind of fun because I added comedy in which comedy most certainly didn't belong. But it just, I can't find a way to say it was is worthwhile at this point. Like, I'm such a fucking, like, my life is going to be great. It's going to be great. Like, I'm going to teach kids. I love that idea. And then not only do I get to teach kids, but I get to come home every day and make a podcast about it. And then develop a fan base. And, like, get to know random people on the internet from all across the world. And, like, fucking do shit with them. Like, that's great. That's going to be my life. And I'm going to die one day. I love that, man. I love my philosophical system of, you know, there's times to think, there's times not to think. Men, we're usually too consumed in our own thoughts to even know the difference. You know, and I love teaching myself to shut off my brain and just be in the moment, especially with girls. That's really great, furthering my relationships with them. Like, I love everything I've learned from me being destroyed as a person, but, like, the death was just too harsh in my opinion. Like, it, it was so bad. Um... But even so, like, I still, like, recommend going to college because, like, it's a good bargaining chip. Makes it look good on a piece of paper. Just don't give in. You know, if you're an arts person like me, and I'm sure most of you people watching this shit or, or who have at least continued to watch this episode till its end, like, you're an arts person, I would imagine. And if you're an arts person, figure out whatever your art is and incorporate that into your classroom. Like, again, mine's, like, this weird blend of, like, comedy but not comedy storytelling but like more entertainment lighthearted shit but also addressing more of the darkness of the world you know like I don't know what that is but I know how to act it out right so if you've got this weird art like I have bring that to your classrooms and learn how to be like learn how to understand the art of being social enough so you can always relate whatever conversation it is to your art always give input through your art lens and work on the ideas and concepts in relation to your art in those classroom environments. You can always like bounce ideas off people in there. You can like play with your professor in a, in a way in which he will sort of give you feedback on your, on your ideas and your actions and where you're going. And that'll toughen you up. Social situations are everything you can make so like they're gonna make you or destroy you like they're well no sorry no social situations are always gonna destroy you no matter what they are because it's so fucking anxiety producing like being in a crowd of fucking people like you know I feel like it's a hunter gatherer brains just going off like fuck are these like friends are these foes there's too many people in here in a map I can't read all their facial expressions I don't know what they're thinking I don't know what they're doing I've never met these people before what the fuck and like you're scared and it's terrifying but like if you face that fear and, like I said, go first, do it, take advantage of that crowd, play with the crowd, work with it, dude, there you fucking go. Like, you'll learn what parts of yourself are great, what you're really good at, what you suck at, how you can be better at what you are because the crowd will fucking tell you. But you got to pay attention because the crowd's not always going to tell you, like, with their fucking words. Like, people aren't – nothing ever means what it means. Everything's a, got, multi, like, hundreds of different dimensions to it. One sentence means a billion different fucking things you can't just look at it from some simplified perspective and like you like the response you're gonna get from a crowd has so many different levels to it there's you know they're gonna say words to you and they're gonna you know like praise you for something they're gonna degrade you for one thing but at the same time the person who's degrading you maybe the way they actually look toward building people is through saying negative things so you can understand how stupid you are and like maybe the person who's saying the positive thing that made you feel good was actually them being awkward themselves and being afraid of you so they're trying to build you up so you don't like fucking hurt them or social shame them like there's so many things a sentence means other than its baseline and even so not just someone saying a sentence but people are going to respond to you with like weird subconscious actions which you can learn how to pick up and those are going to affect you in a way that you're you don't even know about but if you search deep inside your soul you'll you'll figure it out like 10 years later like there's so many things that I can go on for this forever about what you can learn if you learn how to be social and bring your art into that social environment. It's a weird sort of concept I'm trying to relate right now, but 
you know, if you start trying it out, get out there, start talking to people and conversing more and trying to open up your, you know, your soul, the deepest part of you and use your artistic abilities to do that or at least relate your artistic endeavors to your social environment, you're going to get broken down, destroyed so much that you are going to be on the next level. Like that's my entire philosophy in case you've not seen the videos on it. Like story of the Phoenix, hundred percent, what everyone needs to do if they like just want to be a person. Like you have to take the person you are today right now and sacrifice that to the world and just say, Hey, here the fuck I am. I'm out here. I'm vulnerable. Fucking break me down and, beat me until I learn who I really am sacrifice yourself today you know like the the phoenix it, it, it's a phoenix itself it's doing pretty good it's flying up in the air it's got a lot of awesome abilities you know flight again amazing you can be up there in the clouds you have great vision you can see everything you've got a lot of mobility but at the same time the phoenix at the end of its life goes fuck dude like I lived this life and it was really cool but like I think I could do it better again it's like you know what let me make this agreement with myself that if I walk willingly into flames and let myself just get burned, I'm going to rise again. And what's going to happen is my the flames aren't going to burn the good things. The flames are going to burn away all my impurities. So I'm going to rise of the flames and become a better being. Let the world beat the shit out of you. And then, boom, your ego is going to get a little bit lessened. You're going to step into a more competent position and you'll be able to do more. But continuously repeat that action of, of being alive, being vulnerable, letting the world break you down, and then saying, fuck it, let's go again, let's go again, let's go again. Submit to that process, dude. Just like the Phoenix, every time you willingly throw yourself into the ashes, a little bit more of your impurities are going to be burned off than they were yesterday. And you'll just slowly, slowly and painfully get more competent, develop more skills towards whatever you're doing in life. And dude, today was a fun fucking episode, man. Like I really enjoyed this one. Started off really shaky and I didn't think that I was going to turn it around cuz like I've been living at my dad's place for the last 2 weeks and let me fucking tell you, I hate Pennsylvania. Being here is disgusting to me. Like I can't stand rural or like country areas and that's about where I am right now. Like there's no major cities really near me. There's nothing to do. I hate that. I need to be talking to people and working on my craft of speech all the time. And if I can't, I lose my shit. Plus like I don't like being in this house because it reminds me of all like the like just the ugliness that I had inside of my soul for so many years. Like I'm trying to go in a better direction. Like I'm trying to develop more compassion. I'm trying to think less, feel more think less hashtag think less feel more oh my god i'm so like in touch with my feminine energy you know you know jokingly but like i'm genuinely trying to like hey let's chill out like let's have a minimalistic lifestyle let's not consume any sugars or like dairy products we'll have a super clean diet we'll have a really well regimented day i'm not going to own much i'm going to distance myself from materialism and consumerism just save eat well eat healthily socialize continuously develop compassion read more you know i want to have that grounding space but this environment is just fucking with me dude I, it, it's hard um it, it's starting to show I think sometimes in my content, like every time I film an episode, I feel like one is really solid and the next is like, damn, I could, I could have been better with that. You know, like yesterday's, for example, like I really just want to talk about how much I love my current girlfriend and how great Janelle is and how beautiful and awesome she is and how we are together. Most importantly, like the good vibes we have, like I'm genuinely excited to wake up in the morning and go, fuck yeah, I get to talk to Janelle for an hour later and that's amazing when I'm like, I haven't been genuinely excited to have like a conversation with a woman I'm dating in months. I don't know, maybe a year, it, probably like a year. Like, oh my God, dude, it, it's so soothing for me when I like have a companion who I genuinely love to that higher level. Cause I typically like love all the girls I'm with in some way, shape and form, but like to that higher level of just like, fuck yeah we're really good for each other. Like that's hard to find. And I love just fucking having those conversations with those people. Like, dude, we fucking did it. There's so many shitty people out there. We could have wasted our time on, but we found each other. Now we get to be shitty together. Isn't that great? I'm like, I'm hyped for that. I just want to say that. That's all I want to say about her. But I, I feel like I got squirmy, like talking about all these other weird relationships I've had. And that's also something I kind of like, 
you know, I'm not going to come in this with any intention, but like maybe I could, I could distance talking about like my relationships sometimes. Like I love dating. Like I consider dating to be my fucking job. Every single woman I act as my teacher and it's my job to learn everything I can from whatever teacher is given to me in the moment and submit to that process of learning, right? That's my view on what I do, but at the same time because I I like like I'm so invested in that world and like that's the way I see things. Like I I understand that maybe sometimes it can be a little much to listen to for like 40 minutes. Because, like, my dating life is super, like, weird and fucking nuts and, like, insane. That's awesome. But it's hard to explain those concepts, which are really meaningful to me, in a way that isn't through humor. Because I find them to be so fucking funny. And I also find it difficult to express the things I've learned from my relationships most of the time. Because, to me, the things I've learned are something, like, beyond thought. Like, it's all, like, deep, like, subconscious actions. Like, it's like a muscle memory sort of thing. Like, I've been hit so much in this way that I don't know exactly how to articulate how I can dodge it. I just know how to dodge the punch you're going to throw me. Like, something like that, right? And, um, yeah, dude, that that's what I'm thinking about. So, maybe I'll try to distance myself uh, on, like, relationships for a little bit after I do have a full show on it. Dude, exclamation point. Oh, my God, check it out. But uh, yeah, those are what's on my mind today. I think this is a really solid episode. I'm hyped for tomorrow's, obviously, because today was a great episode. Tomorrow's not going to be so great. So look forward to that, and I will see you then. Uh, Bye-bye. I don't know how to end things. Like I really want to figure out a signature ending. Um, Obviously, you guys are my like insomniatic potato children, so I think we're going to reference that. At the end, you know, like first I got to have this like first I start out with a joke and then I take that joke and I make it into a philosophical concept and I reflect on my childhood a little bit and how shitty that was and how I became a different person. And then I talk about how great women are and then I talk about like potato insomniac children and I think I end it there. Right. Like, does that make sense? I feel like that's what I'm going to do every time. Like, I don't plan to do that, but it seems to be the way things work in my head. I don't know. But yeah, I've gone on too long. I've meant to end this for like 20 minutes now. So uh, thank you so much, guys, for coming on to today's journey with me. I very much appreciate it. Give me a like, follow, share, subscribe, etc., etc. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye. (laughs)